0: Or simply someone that wants to hear an inspiring story, the Know Your Why podcast is made for you. Hi everyone, I'm Jason Ballara and this is the Know Your Why podcast. Today I'm here with Sakit Jain. Saket is a number one best-selling author, investor, syndicator, tech enthusiast, and philanthropist. Uh, He is the founder and CEO of Impact Wealth Builders and is passionate about achieving financial freedom through real estate. Um, Sakit, I'm going to stop there and first of all, I guess I sh- thank you for coming on the show i appreciate you taking the time i know uh we had a little <laughs> between the two of us we both had s- schedule changes come up through get making this happen so i, I appreciate you being here and taking the time
1: and yeah, you know what things things are never easy for a show that's a, that's as good yeah. so i'm looking forward You're to have, to to being on this show thank you again for having me on the show
0: yeah, I really absolutely. Appreciate it. Absolutely. My pleasure. Um, why don't we start by just letting you uh, tell your story? Tell us your background, start wherever you want. Uh, I, I, For those of you who are not looking at his bio, it's extremely impressive, but I think I'd much rather hear you tell us your story and we'll talk about um, all that you've done and and how that all ties in together.
1: Yeah, definitely. It's not a long story. So we'll, we'll cover it very short. Um, I'll keep it very brief. So if my accent didn't give away or my name didn't give away, I grew up in India. Um, so I came here into this to this country about twenty-two years ago. In the last twenty-two years, I've probably have changed twenty-five addresses. A very different podcast show, Jason. We'll we'll probably do it at some point.
0: We we um, could do that because I've moved probably that much as well. So it's uh, oh, yeah, I'm, we, I'm, we,
1: you know I knew there was a tribe here somewhere. Right,
0: <laughs> right. I don't know what the exact number is, but sh- surely yeah. it's more than twenty. So yeah, we could uh, we could have we
1: that. Could, we should have a podcast just focus on what not to do exactly uh, in exactly. life. Do not move. Yep. Um. Anyway, so as, as we were talking about in terms of my own background. You know, like any of an immigrant, I went to the best schools in India, IIT. It's a best, it's one of the best engineering schools in India. I got my MBA from Columbia Business School here. You know, went to the best colleges, best schools, best employers, uh, with booze, with Johnson Controls, and most recently with Airbnb. You know, I had this pet, I had this goal always, um, and I think it was ingrained in me to to be focused on pedigree. But along the way, back in 2016, I got laid off it changed everything, right? Because I quitted in my mind, pedigree is safety. Pedigree is sure. uh, consistency. Pedigree is a blanket of security that's always gonna be around you, right? That's how I I looked at it. I don't know if that's what was the intention behind pedigree, but that's what I had acquitted it to. And my whole world shattered at that point, Jason. It was a lot about was, you know, here I am in this country. I have to now take my kids out of public school I have to go move in with my in-laws. I have to move states at that point and I have to go restart the whole life. By the way, oh, by the way, all along the way, were bleeding cash, right? Because that's a, that's where our lifestyle was. And that's really what changed. Looking back, I'm glad it happened. At that time, it was very painful. It took me about yep. two or three months to regain my composure and you know, I was sad, angry, jealous any negative emotion that one can ever feel i probably felt that in 3 month timeframe uh, but eventually i was able to flip my script and I really started looking at you know what let's whatever has happened has happened and instead of asking the question why me and why now let's flip the switch to why not me and why not now you know, it's it's amazing sometimes we run away from negativity mm-hmm. and i ran towards it not intentionally somehow i ran towards it i can't take the credit that i carved that path but somehow the negativity is the path. then the negative word is the one that got me out of that situation. We started looking at cash flowing assets, creating multiple streams of income, essentially was a goal. Uh, outside, of the, outside of the employment, I knew I can always find employment. That was never a problem. Um, but the problem was how to never get into this situation again. That's when I started looking into real estate. Um, I looked at oil and gas. I looked at, Uh, all different classes that I could think of. Um, Buying businesses was never hard for me because I did that uh, in my previous life. So it was not easy to analyze the business and buy them. It's just what asset class is going to serve the purpose I needed to get it. So we picked up real estate. And you know, like most of the people, we went from owning single families to now owning 2,000 units um, with my partners. So that that journey has been amazing. But all of that, I credit towards (coughs) that. one single incident that happened in my life where it changed my thinking to let's not let's let's not have the employment as a single stream of income let's diversify i for the first time in my life just I understood the word diversification um I think till then I was just listening to financial advisors and I could never I really didn't internalize it and that just changed the whole trajectory
0: yeah i I think you know obviously those those moments of hardship, you know, whatever you want to refer the, the negative points, uh, you can, you can go two directions, right. You can sort of go to go the victim direction and, and sort of let it eat you up, or you can, you know, do what you did is, is find, find a way out, find a better way, find an alternate, um, approach that, you know, in a, in a lot of ways, if you, if you choose that sort of positive route, now you're, you're changing your whole life and you're changing it for the better really.
1: Yeah, you know, it's easy to be a victim. Victim is easy. Yeah. Um, let's find somebody else to blame for our situation. Yeah. Uh, and I think most of us are somehow, unfortunately, and there's no fortunately here, for unfortunately being trained to find somebody else to blame. Like right? yep. our, our media pushes it. Um, sometimes our parents push it, our ecosystem pushes it, friends push it. Let's figure out somebody to blame. And I think that that breaking away from that mindset. It's actually freeing. You're basically saying, I have to deal with, I have to live with the cards that I've been dealt with, and I can't change that. Let's stop complaining and let's start fixing. So you actually becoming more of a solution provider than being somebody who's just complaining. I think, but also, I wanna say, I say that, but I also wanna say, look, emotions have a place in everyone's life. Like, you know what? Everyone has the right to feel the way they feel, because that's very important. Because if you, you negate then a certain emotion, is gonna, there's going to be a volcanic eruption at some point in your life, right. and you don't want that. So you got to acknowledge your emotion and figure out a time frame of how much, be it a minute, an hour, a day, a week, a month, a year, figure out your own time frame of at what point you're going to move out of it. I can guarantee you, once you start putting a time on your negative emotion, the emotions that are not serving you well at that time, you're going to be able to snap out, even if you put a time limit of a year, you're going to snap at it in a minute because your mind already starts working towards solutions at that point, because it needs, yeah. it knows it has a definite time and it doesn't wait till, till that long.
0: Right. Right. Yeah, no, that's a great point. I mean, I, I don't know that I've ever heard someone say that, but yeah, putting a, a, that time frame cause, cause for sure, you know, if you don't, if you don't let yourself feel those emotions, you will, eventually you'll feel them. You just (laughs) they'll come up when you don't want them. And it's
1: going to be exponentially higher.
0: Right. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So it's 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 not so much that you know we're saying don't don't recognize these bad emotions and what, but but you've got to figure out a way to to move through them um in some some time. So yeah, take take your time.
1: I think the time frame thing, right? I think it's really a hack for me. And hopefully it works for everyone. It's, uh, for me, it's really a trigger. Anything a negative emotion comes now. I'm like, I'm going to feel it for a minute and I'm going to play it out. And if I, if it serves me after a minute, I'll extend it by another minute. I'll extend it by another minute, right? But really after a minute or two, um, it's easier now because I've built that muscle. It's easier now for me to go into a solution mode rather than a complaint mode from victim to victor. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, no,
0: I think that's a great point, point. and I think another thing you said that I that I really liked is is you kind of learned what diverse, diversification really means. And I think, you know, a lot of people think they have diversification within their IRA or their four hundred one k or something like that, but you you don't. You have mm-hmm. you have different stocks, but you have the stock market right you're not diversified across asset classes or anything and in in a lot yeah. of people's instances you're not even in control of it your 401k is being controlled by whatever um, servicer that you know your employer right. has and things so there's you you just need to 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 think about you know all those different aspects and and how it all intertwines so i just i wanted to kind of point to that and and i think that's an important point is that what does diversification truly look like And it's not just different stocks.
1: And, you know, it's kind of like we can take the diversification, the word diversification into different vector as well. Like diversification as a concept has always been more around uh, investments. Mm -hmm. I actually think about diversification much more broadly now. It's not just about investment. It's your time. It's your relationships. It's anything you do in your life. You need to have diversity in there because if you don't, you're going to eventually come to a point where you won't feel fulfilled. Because if you just pick one aspect of life and just go full into it, be it work, be it friendship, be it relationship, whatever it is, you need variety, right? I mean, the Tony Robbins six human needs, that's a perfect example of that. As in, you people have the need for certainty, uncertainty at the same time, significance and connection, and then growth and contribution. All of them are very, very contradictory to each other, yet very entangled. So that variety is actually going to be the juice of your life. And the variety is essentially diversification. Now the word diversification has a very negative connotation uh, in some people's mind. Uh, so it was for me that diversification is a word that a financial advisor uses. But I think I have since for myself, I've used that word a lot describing what I do. Yeah. Yeah.
0: I I, I love it. I think it's great. Great point. Um, So you, <laughs> you said we started like everybody and got, you know had some single family houses and then we had 2000 units and so <laughs> that's not we, and we touched on this before you know kind of before we started mm-hmm. recording but that that's not that's not really how it works right it's like you don't go it from no but
1: I mean, that's a highlight reel highlight right, reel is
0: always amazing right that's it's the highlight the reel life. that's that's what you put in your social media is like, yeah right. we have we we right. we had a few exactly. single family houses now we have 2000 units and it i i would love for the listeners cuz i think a lot of people you know Listen, listening to these things, either whether they want to be an active investor or a passive investor, mm-hmm. if they're if they're thinking about investing, it may be, especially if you're trying to be an active investor, you it may feel daunting mm-hmm. to say, okay, well, I have those couple, you know, I have Single those few family units, but now I need to get 2000 units and they and the the scale of that and the ability to m- kind of move in that direction maybe kind of talk us through a little bit of, of your ah. process, how you did that, but also um, maybe some of the mindset you used to, to, to make those shifts.
1: Definitely. I mean, as I, as I think Jason, you would agree with that. I know we haven't talked about it, but whatever you do in life, 90, 80 to 90% is mindset, 10% mm-hmm. is mechanics, right? So for me, it was when that shocking moment happened for me. I was always, look. I always knew at that point that no matter how much I know about something, there's way more that I don't know, right? So let's always be a student and remain curious. So I have lived my life at that point using that approach, and when I was at the when I was doing the single-family acquisitions, I realized it's going to take me a long time, right? Uh, Two hundred dollar cash flow per property, getting to a point where I need to get to. It's going to take me several hundred units, uh, where I feel where I start to feel comfortable that. But now I have enough income coming in. Right? So I knew there was, I'm probably not the only one. Because I mean, I I, I knew how to acquire a single family. That wasn't a hard thing. Um, but it was more about, I can't be the only one facing this challenge. There's got to be someone to somebody else, right? And once that bug entered my mind, my journey there was, I don't care what I do in life. I need to find somebody who has done this, right? My single mission in life ended up becoming I went to every single conference that I could get my hands on. I listened to every single podcast that when I find time. To a point where my kids starting to yell at me, that oh here comes another real estate podcast right. <laughs> um, I think I've 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 scarred them, um, and I'm hoping along the way I'll probably unscar them at some point. But that's really my journey was all immersion into real estate, not through books, but to real life people right, real life teachers. So uh, eventually I was able to find somebody who basically said, why are you doing single family? Because you can buy multifamily. My question to them was, I don't have enough money. Like, oh, he's like, is that the only problem you have? I'm like, yes. So then he told me his age. He was 23 years old. And he told me his upbringing. I'm like, dude, how do you have these many units? Because I don't, I can't fathom. Dude, I can't imagine, you know, for most of us think multifamily. want a multifamily you need to be very rich. Only rich people own. You, you need to have a lot of money. You need to have a rich uncle or a rich upbringing or whatever. Only money, if you have money, that's the only way you can buy it. But that one question then opened up a whole can of worms of syndications for me. Right? That now is a journey to figure out what is a syndication and how do I get into it? So my first foray into is, you know, I thought that the biggest risk in syndication is not the deal. It's essentially taking responsibility for somebody else's money. And that's probably somebody who's be, who's looking to be active is going to be very relevant for them, but even for for passive investors as well. Right? That if the most important role you're taking on, responsibility you're taking on is somebody else's money, you better know what you're doing, right? Because it's it's you can play with your own money all you want. Once you start taking Jason's money and Robert's money or somebody else's money, they are giving you assuming that you know what to do. And uh, they may not be; uh, they may not have done their due diligence, or they have. But it's your responsibility as a syndicator to take care of their money better than you would take yours, right? So my the only way again I knew was let me look at what other people are doing. So that's always the question: is not how can I do it, but who has done it that I can partner with, right? You'll see a pattern in my in my life journey. That's really the pattern I followed through. So I started meeting with a lot of invest with a lot of syndicators. Um, active indicators, trying to understand their structures, trying to talk about them, trying to partner with them, basically starting to invest, becoming the most active passive investor anybody could ever find, right? Because that was my goal. My goal was to learn from people who are better than me. Instead of, I want to compress the timeline. Instead of it being 10 years, I wanted to make my learning to be one year. And that's really when I found my first deal and I lost a lot of money on that. And we can talk about that as well. Right, so again, I would never hope on anyone, but anyone to have, for anyone to have to go through that. It was painful, um, not just financially, but also for my own ego. Right here, you come, you you think you knew it, but you didn't. Um, and that's when I realized again. I'm glad that happened because I needed to go deeper into myself. What are my strengths? What are my weaknesses? As a syndicator, as you know, Jason, you can play multiple roles in a deal. Right, mm-hmm. I was able to go deeper into what's my forte, what's my specialty, what's my strength. And let's leverage that. And then let's partner with somebody else who can, um, who can hide my weaknesses, right? Who can be a com- perfect complement for me. So that's really through partnerships now, I've been able to grow to a point where I am. If I were to grow that by myself, I don't know how long it'll take me. Eventually I'll get there. But now uh, with partnerships, now I'm able to, I can foresee this 2,000 to becoming 10,000 um, and not too far off a time. And at least have a mental picture of how do I get there, because it's all about trying to partner with somebody who's better than you and figure out how you're going to add value to them.
0: yeah, yeah, I love that. I, I think your that concept of you know finding the people that are doing what what you want to do, you know they're already they're already ha- showing success in exactly where mm-hmm. you're trying to get. I mean that that's that's a perfect way to kind of. Accelerate that learning curve and and really shorten the time frame to sort of making that yeah. making that those goals happen, making that success happen.
1: And you know this, Jason, very well. Multifamily. For for some reason, I can't speak of a lot of other asset classes because I didn't go this deep into any uh, specific industry beyond my consulting engagements. Um, I have found good syndicators are willing to share their wealth. They don't hide it. They're willing yeah. to share. You just got to know how to ask. Um, and how are you adding value? What are you going to do with that information? They want serious students. They don't want tire crickers. Like any one of us. They don't want to waste their time. Right? Mm-hmm. But if you're genuine and you ask the right questions and you feel like they, they feel like they're going to add value to you, they would share the information. It's a very, very abundant mindset community, which is great. And that's really the only place where you should be looking for a community like that is what's going to help you scale and grow faster because they'll take you with them.
0: Yeah. Yeah. It's very true. It's very true. Um, Do you want to talk about that first
1: deal? Yeah, I'm sure you're gonna make me cry again that's
0: yeah. all right. <laughs> no no I, I, no I, I if you're comfortable then no, no that's, uh, I, fine. Think that's fine. No, I think it's good for people to hear those things it's too because to... it's, it's not all sunshine and rainbows no, There's it's definitely not. some I... things that uh can go wrong
1: yeah I don't like I don't like the highlight reels I like to show my real self right because um a lot of people talk about their successes and they forego that that path to success was full of ton of failures yeah. um and those failures are not easy and it's not just my journey. I think every success has a failure story around it. So for me, it was the first deal where uh, I was getting frustrated that I can't find um, a syndicator to partner with because either our values in the line or uh, my value add was not something that they were looking for. So I just took the bull by home. So I'm like, I'm just going to find my own deal. Um, I'm going to the market, which I really like. And I'm just going to go find a deal by myself, build my own relationships. Um, I was able, fortunate enough, that somebody gave me a pointer to a warm lead of a property management company. We were able to um, strike a conversation with them, and they were very willing to uh, to open up a deal structure for us. What they are what they are looking at, and we picked up a. This is where it gets crazy. I picked up a portfolio of five different properties totaling 262 units. I would not recommend that for anyone's first deal. Uh, Yeah, that's a a big first deal. (laughs) That's a big first deal, right? I'm like, yeah, I can do it. and Which I did fairly well, I would say, up until the end, because I was able to, I mean, I'm fairly good with underwriting, fairly good with Excel models and numbers. I was able to come build up on my own Excel model where everything was running off of each other, right? So I could look at a property individually or I could look at a property combined. Um, All the assumptions and everything were flowing through very well. So I felt confident that, okay, the model is there. Now, my understanding the market is there. This is not the first time in my life I'm underwriting because I have underwritten businesses before. I'm like, you know what? Underwriting is easy. I could do that. So what's the next piece that I need to do? And there were whole conversations around the path to closure from LOI to PPM, to due diligence, to having a Rolodex of the team members. I literally spent about five months of my life along with working at Airbnb I didn't see my kids. I didn't see my family. We bought to a point where we had the capital we needed to raise. We had it in the bank. We had the right team mates along with me who were going to help us make this successful. But the seller, seller on the seller's side, not necessarily the seller's intention, on the seller's side, somewhere two weeks before the deal closure, they recognized the bad debt, which essentially meant from, and it was a fanny loan our loan proceeds got cut by $2.4 million two weeks before the deal, right? So we had a question to ask ourselves. Can we go raise $2.4 million? Should we do this? Is it the right thing to do anymore? Or should we lose our money? Really, two, three options. Yeah, I mean, there are other options as well. Negotiating, trading, trading the, uh, trading the property and all that stuff. None of that was going to work anyways. Uh, so really only two, three options left for us. Now, now we looked at it, okay, what's our North Star? we went to our investors telling them a deal with a certain metric with a certain amount of equity raise. If we're not gonna go raise more equity and lower the debt, the total equity multiple is not gonna change much. However, the cash on cash is gonna change, right? Because the lower the leverage, the lower the cash cash on cash is. Uh, again, mathematics there, right? So, well, like, you know what? What's If we raise the dollars from somebody assuming they're gonna get 10% cash on cash, and now we're gonna to go to them and then say it's, oh, by the way, your total return didn't change. Well, we got you now. Now we're going to produce seven percent cash on cash. Are you good with that? We just felt as our first deal that would be a bait and switch. Now, if you had a if you had a great track record and this happened to be an anomaly, that's one thing. We didn't want that to start our track record as a syndicator. Right? So, long story short, we essentially decided that we'll do the right thing. We'll return all our all of our capital to the investors. We're going to take the hit, and it was a pretty big hit were not just the hard money, but also the transaction cost. And I was a lead sponsor, so I took the most amount I hit, which was again the right thing to do, right? Painful, but what I walked away from that thing was if you know what your North Star is, and if you have um, if your if your integrity is pretty high, you'll do the right thing no matter how hard it is. Right. It was a great test for me because you know, we got six, seven million dollars sitting in a bank account. It's very tempting not to return it. Because uh, you want to deploy it, uh, yeah. but that's that's not the reason you got into this business. You didn't get into this business to deploy money. You got into this I got into this business, you got into the business because you wanted to help people be financially free. So deploying their money in the wrong deal, which is not aligned with what you were talking about, was not going to be something that we could love with. So I essentially made that call along with my team member. I like, you know what? let's I'll take the biggest hit. let's just let's just call it off. Um, lesson learned. It'll never happen again. Um, but beyond that, it was an expensive college education. Let's just assume we went to Harvard and learned our lesson. Yeah. And um, let's just eat it up and we'll go forward with that. That's really the first deal, man.
0: Yeah. I, uh, I'm i I'm not laughing at you. I am laughing because I'm going through nearly exact same situation right now. Oh, man. So I'm I am uh, so
1: sorry to about
0: that. to be out a whole lot of money today is it <laughs> today is oh. today is the day like sort of d-day on this so yeah i um that's that's uh some you know sort of as a little bit of an aside it's funny because you know people i think you see a lot of people that decide they want to be active mm-hmm. investors they're like oh look look at them like they're they're doing great and all yeah. of this and but as a and, and and you see a lot of passive investors that worry about the risk mm-hmm. but but you your investors didn't lose any money right like none, that's and none. that's the thing is is so the the risk is is substantially higher on the yeah. you know sort of gp side of it um especially it before you even get it closed so i think it's something that, that that just people don't necessarily know that aspect and and it's um you know kind of the things like this happen if you you have a you can have a lot of money uh into a deal before it ever closes of your own personal Cash, so it's it's a it's a, a challenging time, but it, it's you know as you said, it's a learning lesson. You do the right mm-hmm. thing, and you and you move on, and and kind of pick up the pieces.
1: You do, you do, and to that point of losing money, right? Right now, um, so I was at an event with Ken McElroy, who is uh, Robert Kiyosaki's mm-hmm. um, syndicator, right? He's, he's it's his, he's on his team. Yeah. So we were having a dinner with uh, Robert Kiyosaki, no, not Robert Kiyosaki, Kim Kiyosaki, and with uh, and with Ken McElroy. And Ken McElroy basically said that a lot of my friends, syndicated friends, multifamily friends, are right now leaving money on the table, millions of dollars, because the deal is not making sense. It yep. takes a lot to get out to get away from. If you put a two to three million dollar hard uh, and walking away from that, I mean, yes, you have deep pockets. No matter how much deep pockets you have, uh, three million dollars of loss hurts everybody. Yep. A dollar hurts. Uh, three million dollars—I can't even imagine. Um, yeah. So that's a lot yeah, of money that that's be, doing. Right? So to do your hurt. point about risk, it's if you don't know what you're doing, you you can get it pretty bad, right? So mm-hmm. a lot of my friends say, "Hey, socket, why do we go into syndication? Why don't we just go buy apartments ourselves?" I'm like, "Sure, go do it." Uh, it took me—it costed me close to 500k of a lesson to figure out how to do it. Hopefully, you pay lesser, right? Yeah. Uh, because eventually, you'll pay the price. It's not a matter, if not in the first deal, maybe your 10th deal. Mm-hmm. Eventually you'll hit a point where you'll realize you don't know what you're doing. And that's when you really want to make sure, is this the business? Is real estate a business or real estate is an investment? If real estate is an investment is your answer, it's really a passive path, right? But if yep. you're willing to work at real estate investment as a business, then yes, passive, active investment is for you, but it's not easy. But it's a lot of fun. And you grow a lot because you'll see situations that you cannot imagine seeing in a lot of different businesses. Right. But that does not mean it's um, it's path for everyone.
0: Yeah, no, I, I agree. It, it's, and I think you don't, I mean, there, you know, there's a lot of, a lot of mentorship programs and training mm-hmm. modules and there's so much stuff out there that social media of like, look at how amazing this is. And look at, right. look at how, you know, how much money I made for being a syndicator and all of this stuff. And it's not, It's not that it's not true it is fun it it is it is like a a a very sort of accomplishment driven type of feel um but it's also it's a lot of risk and there there is you know if something goes wrong and or when something goes wrong uh you're gonna have to (laughs) swallow that and and are you are you willing to do that you know and and move forward from there so um yeah, I, I just think it's yeah. a, it's a great point that No,
1: I think I think you're right.
0: Stuff stuff happens. Uh stuff happens and it, it's a it's a um you know you got to you got to figure out the way way through stuff it.
1: Stuff will happen, right? You know, you know what? I mean, I love Tony Robbins, so you'll probably hear me talk about Tony Robbins a lot. Um I quote him a lot. Tony Robbins always says that most people overestimate what they can do in a year and underestimate what they can do in a life, right? Um, that's really what happens when you jump into the syndication business. It happened to me. I can do it all by myself. I don't need anybody else in the world. Um, How hard can this be, right? And then you're like, oh, I'm going to go to 252 units. No, you shouldn't. Uh, (laughs) Doesn't mean your listeners should listen to me and they shouldn't. I'm just saying just make sure you go in with your eyes wide open. The complexity involves that on paper, you won't know. Uh, And that's really where the thing is that you want – Having a goal is great, but just make sure you get it checked with somebody um, to understand the pitfalls, potential pitfalls. Yeah.
0: Yeah. And and I mean, some of the things are out of your control, right? Like you, you're coming into this and they and they decrease your loan proceeds. We can that, do much. What do you what do you do? You don't you don't know that's Can't gonna happen. That. Like as as you said, Ken McElroy is saying a lot of people are losing money right now. I mean, the the reason is because of the market, Pro- I assume that's what he's right. getting at. Like right. you go under contract. Yeah, I think
1: he's basically saying that investors don't want to. The syndicators don't want to get the deal because it's not going to work for the investors. Right. So they would rather eat up the cost than bring a crappy deal for the investors. That's not going
0: to exactly work. exactly. And that's that's, that's, really that's what, what it is. Yeah, that's what we ran into. Right. We got a deal under contract. Interest rates were five percent, and now they're nine percent, oh, and it just it changes dramatically what those returns look like, and so you're. If 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 the seller isn't willing to then reduce price or you can't find any other yeah. options around it, well, here you are. You have to you have to walk away. So, it's um the key is as you as you sort of touched on before, the key is to not lose money for your investors. Correct, right? That, that is that's that's
1: the number one goal. Yep, that's 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 a number one goal. Number one, two, but, and three really like that's always your probably, your yeah. focus. Correct. I think the flip side of that is. In order to do that, sometimes you may have to lose your own money. Yeah. And you have to be okay with that. If you're not okay with that, you're not going to grow as a syndicator. Right, As an active syndicator, you're going to be very limited because Mm -hmm. now you're putting your own money, selfishness in front of the service. Um, And once you bring that goal, it's a very very, um, short-lived goal Mm -hmm. because uh, eventually people are going to see through it, right? And that's not what you want as a reputation anyways.
0: Yeah. Yeah, if you're in the business for long term, you, you've gotta you're gonna take some of these hits to preserve your investors. I mean, that's right. really what it comes down to. So right. Right. it's um and 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 I'm sure that you know the 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 silver lining to this is those investors that you had, you know, you had all mm-hmm. that capital lined up. I'm sure those investors appreciated what you did oh, for them. I mean, and so now guess what? They're going to invest in your other deals and, and they're going to move because forward they with you.
1: See, they see your true colors, right? And adversity is when you see people's true colors. Yeah. We And they know we had an option to not return the money. We had the option to use their money to cover our laws, right? Mm-hmm. We had a lot of options to do that, but we did the things and legally we had the right to do it. It's not that we were trying to right, behind the gun. Right we chose to do the right thing and they see it they see yep. it uh, and you gain their loyalty you gain their trust and they'll be with me i know for the rest of my investing career mm-hmm.
0: yeah yeah that's the that's perfect so i'm sure this there's a lot here this is a long story mm-hmm. that goes with this question but so from a from a failed first deal <laughs> to 2000 units what yeah. I'm sure this could be hours long discussion, but maybe some of the the highlights is in terms of what, what did you do at that point, you know, kind of what, what's your focus? What are you, because yeah. you, know, you mentioned before there's different seats at the table in a right. syndication. Right. So what, what seat do you fill? What's your focus? I know you said you're, you still work for Airbnb now. Is that. I still...
1: do. I do. Yeah. I think, but I don't know when you're releasing, by the time you release it, uh, chances are, I may not be there, um, but we'll see at that point. Yeah,
0: Um, but but obviously that's you know if you it's time consuming right you've got a you've got a a full time job and you've got two thousand units so there's Mm -hmm. there's a lot that goes in there so how are you balancing that I suppose is probably the the that I'm not
1: (laughs) that's why I'm looking to pick a path that's going to work for me so I think the I've been blessed with my family right so they they know where my head is at they know where the so I think it's important to to talk about one thing before we go into that answer I will answer I'm not dodging Mm -hmm. the question. It's that what's 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 our what's both me and my wife, what's our bigger purpose, right? What's our bigger why? And once we talk about that, I think a lot of these things will be, start to become clear. Yeah. So uh, as I mentioned, I grew up in India, and the only reason, Jason, you and I are talking today is because of what I've accomplished, and a lot of that is because of the education that my parents had invested uh, in for me. Now, mm-hmm. is the education system good or bad? We're going to have a different conversation on that. But in my case, it really got me where I needed to get to. Uh, to to change trajectory at that point, but when I look back, at least in India, and it's not true for India, it's true for a lot of different countries. Uh, even in the U.S., you can find that is a lot of kids can't even afford their second meal. They don't know where it's going to come from, right? So for us to assume that they're going to become the next wealth builders of the world, where they're going to become uh, they're going to be joining the cadre of you and me, Jason, and you're, some of your listeners, where they could even dream. Of breaking out of their uh, of the word financial freedom, right? That they can yeah. achieve that. That's not that's not something how they live their life, because they're not their means. They're not able to meet their basic necessities. So once that purpose was clear to me and my wife, we're like, you know what? Our life's mission is to essentially find deals, find opportunities where our investors can make the equivalent returns, if not more, than they would have if they invested with somebody else. But we will redirect our profits in making sure sponsoring the kids' education back home in India. Right? So our bigger why is not us anymore. It was. Um, and it's probably going to crop up once in a while here and there. But we we have a different North Star for us that how many lives have we touched um, positively in our span, very short span of life. Right? That's what drives us. That's what fuels us. And the reason I'm telling you that story is because that equally relates to what you were talking about is how do I keep balance? I don't, because uh, balance doesn't exist, right? I think, it, I personally think it's a misnomer. It's one day your personal life's going to take over. The next day your work life's going to take over. The day after, your health will take over. Something is going to get higher weightage in your life on an hour by hour basis, on a day by day basis, right? Uh, but as long as You're spending the quality amount of effort and time in how many hours or minutes or days you get for that aspect of your life. If you're able to give them the quality, even with with our kids, if you're able to spend five minutes of quality time in one week, instead of spending 50 hours, but you're on the phone all the time, that's a difference of balance, right? Yeah, you spent 50 hours, but you didn't build any memories. But there you spend five, 10, 15 minutes with them but they remember what you did with them because you were with them, right? So I don't think the concept of balance is real for me. I don't. I mean, I don't know what your theory behind balance is. I personally don't think balance exists. For someone like me, it doesn't exist. Uh, so I I try to like you know what today this is priority. We're gonna do that, and then I may not have to have the chance to talk to my kids like in the first for five months. But it was not because I was prioritizing my work over that. But it was more because that's what was needed for us to serve that bigger purpose, right? For that, if I could sacrifice in my mind, you now it did serve its purpose, but not the way we were hoping it it would serve. It did serve a purpose because it got me on the right path, right? For investing, so it served its purpose, but not where it is. So when you start looking at what's your bigger why for everything you're doing in your life, work has a role to play, relationship has a role to play. But I'm not saying extract value out of them, but it's serving a purpose in your life, or you are serving a purpose in somebody else's life, right? As long as those two things stay in balance, I think everything works out. Um, But that doesn't mean life's easy. So I don't want to say that life's easy. Life has its own purpose and its own teaching, but at least you have a framework to take advantage of whatever is happening in your life and turn it in your favor. Yeah. Uh, Did I answer your question at all, Jason? (laughs) It answered well, my question and,
0: and other questions. Okay. Um, and I and I love it. And I, I just want to take like anybody listening to this, go back and listen to that however long it was, three minutes, like listen to that again. Cause I think that is so important for people to realize. And like this the that's one of the that's one of the biggest take home take-home messages I've learned from like networking with people in this space in that there, there isn't, there's not a, there isn't a balance, right? You're, you're hundred, there's no balance. It's, it's what's my priority right now. And am I giving it a hundred percent? Right. That's, and, and I just, you said this because again, this is just funny, like this stuff that's coming up today. I wanted to show you this on, I don't know if I'll be able to make this look. So I think it's going to look backwards. Yeah, lunch. Lunch and lunch pizza and, with Logan. That's my son. Oh, there
1: you go. Or lunch yeah, lunch yeah, and puzzle. Sorry. Yeah. With, with
0: Logan. That's my son. And, and so we uh he he's you know, w- when you're home all day, but you're working, like sometimes that's it's hard for the, the young ones to understand that, right. right? So right, so he's old enough now he to him to understand a little bit more, but he's like, I've been asking me about this puzzle, it's been a busy couple of days. And so I was like, you know what, we're putting this on the calendar, and yeah. this is gonna be our thing. And so it's like on so many levels that like everything you just said resonates with me because I'm like, Yes, that's that's exactly that's exactly what balance means. It's like, okay, I, I need to make sure that I, I put this time in and, mm-hmm. and I'm focused on on spending time with him at that moment, knowing that, okay, now I can come in here and have this, you know, fantastic podcast interview that that's, you know, he, he can't be involved in. But the other thing that you touched on in there is how your focus shifts from me or us mm-hmm. to the impact. And I know your, yeah. your company impact wealth builders, like there, obviously there's you, you're you know people will i think sometimes people look at um wealthy people and and, and almost look at them negatively and it's like why do you need mm-hmm. so much money without realizing that most wealthy people are at that point where yeah. they they're no longer this isn't for them they don't need more money but guess who does like the 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 children in india that you described like the, mm-hmm. there's there's an uncountable number of ways you could make an impact with additional financial success mm-hmm. and that may be giving money that may be giving your time like th- yep. there's so many different ways that you can use that to your advantage and so it's it's the same i just it's been one of my really truly one of my favorite things about this podcast is y- you you answered the first question of the questions that I ask every guest, which is what is your why? You just answered that. And and I think it's just the things that you said are so worth kind of highlighting, you know, the, the the lack of balance, but managing that focus and then and then that impact level. The the second level of why, right, is is now is now impact.
1: I think the you know, once the why becomes clear, and it was a long path for us, right? So mm-hmm. um two stories. Do we have time for two stories? Yeah. I'll keep it short. Go ahead. Um, Perfect. So back in 2008, me and my wife, we took a sabbatical. Um, Now, you you may not understand what a word ashram means, but essentially a monastery. We were trying to figure out what to do with our lives, right? Because we were financially successful. We were, careers were good. Everything was working in our favor. But that's when you feel like something is not adding up. There's more to life than just making money. Um, so we essentially figured out that, you know what, instead of giving Tom money, let's give our time. So mm-hmm. we sold everything in the US, we essentially moved into the ashram in the monastery in India, and we're like, you know, we'll just kind of figure it out, because until we feel the uh, grassroots problems, we're not going to be able to empathize with anybody. Um, then it's become uh, a fad that I want to mm-hmm. be, I want to help people, uh, but you don't necessarily understand the challenges. Right? So we wanted to understand, we want to live with them, those challenges. So we did that for about two and a half years, but then life happened. And uh, for whatever reason, we have to come back uh, to the US. Uh, you know, what the lesson we learned there was, uh, it's very important to to know what money can buy, but it's way more important to understand what money cannot buy. Right? That was there. And along the way, when we came back to the US, I lost my path. And me and my wife both lost our path because we became focused on um, again, making more money because that was again the, the training came back right. Mm-hmm. Uh, it doesn't two years is not enough to retrain your brain. And then recently, over the last several years, over the last two years, I've lost five of my family members, including my sister, Sorry. who was two years older than me, and my mom. And then I had pretty bad COVID back in Jan this year. I was gonna go, and then I recovered from that. And my brother and my brother got a heart attack. And yeah. you know what? One thing it's I'm I'm. I I was devastated, of course, when those incidents happened. But you always, given the training that I have, uh, given the self training that I have uh, developed for me, it's what's the lesson life's trying to teach me? Something's going on here. I need to pay attention to what's going on. Now, my answer may not be the lesson that life is trying to teach me because I'll never know. But it's a lesson that I thought would be the most important lesson at that time for me. And really, the lesson was life's too short. Mm-hmm. So, if you're not doing, if you're not serving your why and, and you're, or you're waiting for X to happen before you can do Y in your life, you may not have that time. Hopefully, all of us live, wait 150, 200 years. Yeah. Um, like, hopefully, all of us have a long life, but we don't know. So, if you don't know, then the only way to live your life is to immerse yourself in your why. And then whatever you do at that point, you're going to be successful because your why is strong enough to carry you forward. Adversities are going to hit, right? They're going to come. So that's really where, you know, when I look back as in to your point, uh, is more about you got to figure out your why because why is not just going to give you the money. It's going to, what's going to give you the most amount of fulfillment. And in the end, Mm -hmm. all of us are not looking for money. We're looking at money to give us the freedom to go find fulfillment in our life by doing things we really like. So, but doesn't have to be sequential, right? Yeah. It could be, you could parallel process a lot of these things. It doesn't have to be sequential. But most of us have, like I was talking to somebody this morning um, as a prospective coaching client. They're like, I have to, my path is that I'll wait till 70 before I can do some impact work in my life. Uh, you know, the question to them was, what if you don't have till 70? It's like, I don't know I mean yeah that's that's what we need to figure out right that's really the most important thing how can we compress the time and how can we do things more in parallel yeah
0: that I mean that's super powerful I I, I love it I love <laughs> literally everything you just said I think uh all I, it, it's just it's so important to you know kind of I guess use use our experiences, to, to form these, you know, kind of form this direction, right. This direction of impact and, and, uh, helping others and giving back and whatever that, whatever form that is. And it's like, and you don't have to wait, right. You don't have to wait until, if you don't have money, you, you have time, you have, you know, there, there are ways to do it. Um, right. Aside from just, you know, like writing a check. So it's, it's not, this is not exclusive to only to, you know, people that are already wealthy and, Mm. and there's, um, I know there's, there's a, a very uh, famous quote and it. At, I'm going to butcher it, but essentially like it, you, the more you, the more you give ultimately that, you know, the more that will come back to you.
1: Yeah, I can't remember the quote, but I know what you're saying.
0: Yeah. I, I can't, I, I know I'm <laughs> way off base on exactly how it's worded, but yeah. but the idea is that, you know, you, you, it, and they, and they've done studies, right. Like, like people that, that, uh, give to charity they tend to be um have you know bigger bigger successes and things like that yeah. so it's, it's just kind of um it it's a win-win for everyone right it's mm-hmm. a win you know you're you don't have to you're not sac- sacrificing yourself because you're correct. getting that fulfillment you're getting that and then you're also helping others so it's it's not you know it's not certainly not a one-way street
1: correct what are um uh jim Rohn? Uh, who was Tony Robbins' mentor? He always said that, and I'm butchering his quote again. You can get whatever you want in your life if you just help enough people achieve what they want in their yes. life.
0: that's the one I was thinking of, and I just could. Yes, okay. You're, you, <laughs> Thank right. you for uh, thank you for clarifying. I'm like I know this. It's like one of my favorite quotes.
1: Yeah, um, I love that quote, and I think that's basically having a service mentality, right? Yep. Um, just just add value to somebody else's life, and the more you do that, money will come.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Well, Sokka, we've, we're have uh, we running a little bit long, which I don't I don't care if you're fine. Mm-hmm. But I I wanted to you've already answered sort of the first of the questions. So let me yeah. let me get get you the other questions just sure. to be for completeness. And I think uh, some of them are, are important, too. Um, the first one is just I like to ask every guest, you know, what is something about yourself that maybe people don't know that that isn't common knowledge? Can be a special skill, a hobby, something just to let them know you a little bit better. We know we know you're a successful real estate investor and obviously uh, successful in, in general, but you know something kind of outside the box that you're in, you're um, willing to share.
1: Yeah, I think it's just so funny. Somebody else asked me that question um, yesterday, and I was actually thinking about it. And I think it's really, I think I'm I'm. My hobby is really to poke holes in everything. It may sound very different. Like it's not a hobby of music or anything else. I like to challenge status quo. Yeah. that's my superpower. And uh, whatever it is, right? I mean you give me um a perfect sheet of music, I'll f- try and find what's not working in there. Doesn't mean I'm a music major. i don't I don't even understand how to read a story, read music okay. sheets. But I'll try to find why is it the way we do things. And how can we do it better?? I right? think yeah. like my friends are super frustrated with me most of the time <laughs> because I'm always asking yeah. the question of why yeah and right? why are you doing certain things to a point where they've basically banished me from parties after eleven o'clock because once that discussion starts, it goes to like five o'clock because that's when the real <laughs> stuff comes out, right? and yeah. you start asking these yeah. questions of why and status quo and challenging your own assumptions, um, I really Live for that, for myself, and for people around me.
0: I I think that so it's not
1: a hobby, but it's really my passion. Yeah, I, I mean, I think
0: that's a a secret secret behind most success is that you you do question things and don't don't uh, just go along with status quo and, and and because that's how you find a better way to do things, right? Okay. It, I, I get so frustrated when when people are like that. You know, that's just how we have always done it. Yeah. Well, that's <laughs> Let's let's rethink. Let's see how we can reframe it. So no, I, th- I think that's because that's it's fantastic. conventional
1: thinking is easy. Yep. As one of my friend Dave Zook says, you can either be conventional or you can be wealthy. You can't be both.
0: <laughs> right, right. Yeah. No, that, There's a lot that of makes, truth to that. <laughs> makes total sense. Um, when people hear this and they want to reach out to you, what's the best way?
1: Yeah, definitely. I mean, you can you can look at my website, impactwealthbuilders.com. I recently wrote a book. Uh, so there's a link, a book launch link on my webpage. Um, you don't have to go buy the book. I will give you the book for free. I'll send it to you, mail it to you. If you schedule a call with me, I love learning about people. That's my way to whet my appetite um, in connecting with you and see how can I add value to your life.
0: Awesome. Awesome. And we'll put, we'll put whatever you want there in the show notes too. So we get you know people who have yeah. access to that. Um, final question for you. What would, advice would you give to someone who is getting started in real estate right so they're maybe back at that stage where you were when you had a a handful of single single family houses or they're you know they're looking to or maybe even before that whatever just that you know kind of piece of advice advice to get them going
1: yeah i think really um talk to somebody talk to somebody their coaches their mentors their paid coaches their paid mentors or unpaid Find whatever works for you. If you have the resources, find somebody who can shorten your curve, uh, learning curve, like right, to compress the timelines, and be clear about why you want to do certain things. Like it's very easy, as you mentioned, uh, Jason, the social media. You see highlight reels, right, where you say that, hey, um, do this, this, and that, and buy a no-payment-down house, and this, creative financing, and nowadays you see multifamily ads popping up, crowdsourcing popping up. There's a lot of noise. I'm not saying they're right or wrong. Who am I to judge that? But it's more importantly is what's right for you is what I'm after, right? So, and the only way you can find that out, there's only two ways. One is by trying every single thing and either succeeding at that or failing at it. You don't have enough life, none of us have enough life to try every single thing, right? But the other faster way is to talk to people like Jason, talk to me, talk to other folks who have either done it themselves successfully Or they know somebody else who has done something else successfully, and they can connect the dots for you. and Just say, you know what, somebody comes to me, I'm like, hey, I know Jason's good at it. Why don't you uh, let me me do a warm introduction so Jason can connect with you and he can share his perspective. And then you decide what's the path for you. But the key thing is, once you pick a path, do not deviate. Because this industry is very, it's very easy in this industry to have a shiny penny syndrome because every single penny is shiny. Um, So it's very easy to get lost and distracted, right? And that's the job, again, for a coach to help you keep in line, to keep in check, to make say, you know what, this was your goal. If it has changed, let's talk about it. But if nothing has changed, you're not allowed to. I won't encourage you to change your path, right? right? Have somebody else keep you in check. It could be a spouse. It could be a coach. It could be a mentor. It could be a friend, whatever. Have an accountability partner. Yeah.
0: I love it. I love it. Um well this one uh for sure is gonna be a popular episode. I'm I'm excited. I uh, thank you for coming on and sharing all of your wisdom, providing so much value to me and to the listeners. Uh, I, I really appreciate your time.
1: Oh, thank you. Thank you, Jason, for having me and letting me share my stories. I really appreciate it. If somebody if I can desert if I can touch one person's life in this audience, I think I think I've served my purpose.
0: All right feel like there's no doubt that will happen. Um, and for all of the listeners, uh, when you hear this, I, I know you're going to like it. So please like rate review. Um, let us get this out there to more people. Um, but yeah, thank you so much. Actually, Dr. you know what, Degu. Jason,
1: I'll add something to it. Yeah. If you, how do I say? Yeah. If you, if you book a call with me and you show me a screenshot of the review that you wrote for Jason, I will I will add on my free training, passive investing training as part of the as part of my my value back to you. This show is great. What it's doing is amazing. So if you show me a screenshot, I'll send you more material that usually I charge for.
0: That's that's fantastic and very generous of you. Thank you very much. I appreciate that. And I think I hope uh, I hope people take advantage of that. That's that's wonderful. All right. Well, let's go ahead and sign off and uh think. <laughs> You'd be sending that out a lot. I hope people are going to love this one. All right. Have a great day. All right. Thank you, buddy. I'd like to show you why knowing your why is the start of your journey without a strong why it can be so difficult to reach your maximum potential. My name is Dr. Jason Ballara. And every week I meet with real estate investors and mindset specialists that are taking action in order to build a life according to their own terms. We will break down what drives successful people and allows them to achieve at such a high level. If you are a professional wanting to break through, or simply someone that wants to hear an inspiring story, the Know Your Why podcast is made for you.